Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow, and welcome to this week's Tech Takeaways. And I'm Jason. Welcome. Have you got a surname? Yeah, Fitzgerald. Excellent. Just so people know. Because, uh, hey, this might be the first time you've seen our podcast um, in uh, in 2024. Um, so um, we've also got our dynamic co-host, Wayne Miller. Hi, Wayne. Hi. So, yeah, thank, thanks thanks for thanks for joining in. Uh, and you will have noticed, um, or possibly noticed, depending on which camera we're on, uh, that we've also got um, our first guest for this year. And uh, our first guest this year is Dave Ferry. Hi, Dave. Hi. Hi, Dave. Hi, yeah. Again, a long, long, a long hello there. Um, I'm, I'm liking the one-word intros that everybody's giving me today. Got lots to work with, Jace here, aren't you? Um, so on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about something that's certainly a new area for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is the idea of talking about connectivity. Um, but, but talking about connectivity beyond kind of your standard internet connection, you know, where you uh, you, you phone the carrier of, of choice, a well-known national carrier of choice. Let's, let's not slander anybody right now. Um, get your internet connectivity and you kind of go from there. But we're, we're going to dig into some alternatives to that mm. um, and, and that's why we've got Dave here because I've got absolutely no idea what I'm talking about uh, but fortunately uh, Wayne and Dave and this is going to be a rare treat for, for people watching this is that it's me and you who've got no idea what's I've going on I've got my notebook ready for this um, and, yeah. and actually it's Wayne who is doing all of the educating well, so well, uh, Jason's only spent a night on it and he already knows more than my 20-odd yeah. years in the industry. So, well done, Jason. We're, so, we're um, on dodgy but, ground. But, but, before we, uh, but before we jump into the topic, Dave, um, firstly, welcome to the show. Thank you. And um, why don't you give us a, a kind of a little bit of an introduction to who you are yeah. and what it is you do. So, my name is Dave Ferry, as you've said. Uh, I lead our sales teams at ITS, so all of our partner sales teams. I'll come on to what that means in a, a little while through the conversation, no doubt. I lead those, those teams. I also have a, a second role as the Chief Commercial Officer officer of our joint venture partnership with the Liverpool City Region Combined Authority, which again, we can talk about a bit more. Um, and I'm kind of primarily employed by ITS, who are technically an alternate. You might have heard that in the marketplace. That is an alternative to the incumbents. So traditionally, we've had a bit of a duopoly in the UK with terms in terms of connectivity with, with OpenReach. Yeah, BT okay. and Virgin Media. Um, and in about 2017, 2018, the regulator stepped in and said, to open which you've got to make in your ducts available, your pipes under the ground, you've got to let other people put their cables through them. And that kind of sparked a boom in the marketplace in, in terms of other operators setting up to, to put fibre under the streets and provide better connectivity. And a big chunk of that market's gone after the residential customers and building out in, in the suburbs. Um, and businesses like ITS, we've gone after businesses, we've gone for a B2B approach with what we do. So, I mean, you, you used a phrase, which is kind of going to be my first question, you used the phrase alt-let. Mm. And, and the reason it was going to come up is because Wayne uses that phrase freely all of the time. And Does I'm he still, get it right, though, is it? I, I, it probably, uh, but <laughs> maybe not. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think Jason says, we actually don't know. Um, so, so maybe we should start there. Yeah, okay. uh, you know, I suppose the first question that pops into my head is, firstly, what is an alt-let? Mm. And secondly, why should I care? Yeah. So an alt-let... The, the name came from Alternative Network. It's a bit of a portmanteau of, of those two things with a bit of abbreviation in there. Dave, you're already raising the level of this podcast by well, using phrases like portmanteau. Like portmanteau. Yeah, yeah, so we can get some more of those you in You can come back, definitely. Um, I sound like I know what I'm talking about yeah. if I use words <laughs> like that. Um, so you had BT and you had Virgin Media who sprung up kind of from a load of cable companies in the 90s. So... If you go back kind of 30 years, Margaret Thatcher said, well, I don't like this whole monopoly thing that the BT's got. Obviously, the Conservative government in the 80s and 90s, was early 90s, were all about private sector, 
growing markets, open market, free market kind of kind of trade, and and she didn't really like Margaret Thatcher that you had this national kind of monolith in BT. So she gave out all these franchise licenses to cable operators who came in from the states, built out their cable networks, and then that all kind of came together in over the over the years after that came together to be Virgin Media. So you ended up in this situation where you had open reach. And you had Virgin Media, yeah. and that was kind of it. And actually, the investment into better speeds, better connectivity in in the UK was was relatively poor compared to other kind of nations around the world. So if you look out to the far east, they had fibre everywhere and gigabit capable connectivity way sooner than, than we have here. And even some of our closer neighbours in Europe were getting a march on us. So in the in kind of late 2010s, Ofcom stepped in and said. You've got to do something about this, BT, you've got a monopoly, you need to open up your assets, your ducts, your poles, you need to let other people use those, other operators use those. And you've ended up with this massive, massive boom in the marketplace, about 150 Altnets, alternative networks have sprung up. The other kind of low regulatory change that happened was the telecommunications code came into practice, and that meant operators could apply to be given permission to work on the public highway without having to get planning permission every right, single okay. time they do something. Yeah. So you've then got this boom of operators. There's 150 altnets out there building network. Some have been more successful than others. A lot of them have gone after residential homes, and actually that's from a business case perspective, going after residential homes is quite easy. There's a house there, someone lives in it, I'll sell to them. When you look at B2B, which is what ITS do, it's a bit more nuanced. So you've got a building there that you pass, but the landlord might have carved it up for one big, massive multinational to take some space in. They might move out and then the landlord carves it up and now it's a co-working space and 40 other small units and now there's 40 businesses in there. And it's harder to sell to businesses than, than it is to residents typically, um, which is why a lot of the market went after those residents. But mm. for us at ITS, we saw the fact that nobody was really going after the B2B market as a, as a massive opportunity to do something different. And that B2B market really had been massively cornered by Virgin Media and OpenReach. I mean, their leased lines, basically yeah. Virgin or BT leased lines, yeah. it's kind of, they had that, that whole market to themselves for a long time. Yeah, I, th I think when, when I think back of kind of firewall installations mm. that I've done over the years, when, when you talk to a business and you say, who's your provider? Mm. You know, five years ago, it was, we've, we've got a, a core line with BT mm. and we've got a backup line with Virgin. Yeah. And, and, and that was probably 90% of cases. Yeah. So it so sounds like the alt-nets have introduced a lot more uh, options, maybe competition price-wise as Def well with that. Definitely, yeah. And I think, yeah. you know, None of the alt nets are saddled with a back book of revenue they need to protect. So when you're BT group or your Virgin Media, you're bringing in however many billions of pounds a year, your investors and your shareholders are saying, protect that at all costs. So what you have certainly seen in, in a lot of the uh, open reach fiber rollout, they've gone into residential areas rather than business. And some cynics in the industry think that's because they want to protect those high value lease line revenues in those B2B areas rather than they don't have that to protect in the residential areas. Right, they okay. can just go and flip those on yeah. and, 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 and save a load of money. But because those operators don't have that legacy back book, also got brand new technology, less faults, less issues, and often running much leaner businesses, you know, with a, a lot lower overhead, being able to be quite aggressive on price. Yeah, I think um, having alternative options for connectivity is important, mm. I think more so now than than, mm. than it has been ever before, because, you know, we're seeing a trend with SD-WAN, you know, people bringing in multiple connections into one yeah. firewall and kind of managing it that way. So if you've only got two options, you've, mm. you've only got two options, Absolutely. but now you can have, you know, maybe five connections into one firewall, maybe 10. Depends what, yeah. Entirely up to, 
depends yeah. on where you where you're at in your in your building. You know Absolutely, where you're, yeah. you're located. You might still have open reach. You might still have Virgin. Okay, you might be an ITS there. You might be able to get a five G solution. You might be able to get a satellite solution. And really, there's a lot more options. You're right for for, for businesses now. And I do think businesses have always in the a lot more so than residents have bought through smaller local operators. They've bought through the channel. They've not necessarily gone direct to a BT or a Virgin for that service. They've gone to a local operator like yourselves yeah, and yeah. said, "I want to get, a, I want all this stuff." And one of the decisions we made at ITS in the early days when we started building network was we don't sell direct to end user markets. We sell through the channel. And one of the reasons we did that was, you know, the comments you've made there around SD One. Our partners can be experts in all of those different things, whether that's SD One, whether that's voice over IP, whether that's some kind of cloud hosting, whether whatever it is, but they can use our connectivity to underpin the solution that they're 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 building. And then we've got partnerships with all those big national incumbents that we've talked about, so that either where we've not got network, or where one of our um, partners customers wants a, a resilient solution. Yep. We can bring our network in and some open reach, bring our network in and some Virgin. Some instances right, bring okay. in all three, but we can be that one-stop shop. And you can manage that whole yeah. whole piece. That's that's really powerful, actually. Yeah. So, so maybe just as a, you know, because one of the things that interests me, and in, you know, I said in the introduction about the kind of, why should I care? Mm. And and I suppose, you know, lot, lots of reasons that you might want to care there, commercial, mm. obviously, but but, but I suppose as, as, as the world has changed and, you know, the way we build our infrastructure mm. and the way uh, organisations operate from multiple locations, from a technology point mm. of view, what, what, what are organisations like yours, you know, yours and your, your competitors yeah, in, yeah. with the old nets, what, what, what do you bring in to kind of the average business that says, here's, a re- here's other reasons you, you might, you know, because it's not about a race to the bottom price-wise mm, necessarily not. this, you know, it's, what, what are you delivering? What, what kind of new capabilities can you bring to an organisation that may be multi-sited, mm. you know, wants a good internet connection as well? You, you, you know, what, what, what kind of things are you guys bringing? So we're deploying the latest technology we've built majority of our footprint's been built in the last two years. So we're deploying that with the latest kit. So once you've got your fibre under the ground, that, 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 that'll be there for a long time. A bit like copper's been under the ground for 150 years, whatever, 100, 120 years maybe. The fibre that's under the ground, gone under the ground now, that'll be in the ground for a while. And the beauty is the kit that you put on the end of it is what, what drives that bandwidth through that. I'm just a bit of glass. A couple of guys in our business, you said, get technical, so it's just glass and plastic. Just a bit of glass and plastic. <laughs> just plastic and glass under the ground. I don't know why you're worried about it. But the real cleverness is the stuff you stick on the end of it, whether that's in a data centre, whether it's in a, a BT exchange, which are like mini data centres these days that operators like ITS can, can take space in and then route our kit through their ducts, or whether it's something you put on in the customer's premises. You can go from being able to serve a, a you know, relatively low bandwidth connection to a, to a business and then as they scale and grow, just by changing the kit on either end of that um, of that fibre, you can upgrade their bandwidth, you can give them more and more um, capability, you can give them a dedicated service rather than a contended one, for example. So contended one being you're sharing your backhaul mm. with your neighbours, dedicated mean it's all yours all the way back to the other end. Um, and we can take those customers through that journey with our partners by putting different kit on the end of that that fibre. And we're using the latest, what's called XGS PON technology. So that's 10 gig symmetrical PON, which I won't bore you with all the details and get too technical and don't want to switch anybody off who's, who's, who's watching or listening. But it's really kind of maintenance free. There's no active components between the, between the distribution point of the network and the customer premises, which means there's loads less right, points okay. of failure, yeah. which means fibre networks inherently whether they're ours or someone else's, are much more reliable than the old copper network because there's no amplification needed over much longer distances, which means everything's passive. 
from the, the point of distributing your signal to the point of the customer's kit picking it up. With it's that, it's that a lot passive. more scalable then, isn't it, for, for organisations, you know, the legacy networks, you know, you want to make a change, mm. you know, you were talking like a fresh installation, Absolutely. weren't you? So, you know, scalability, Absolutely. flexibility and high bandwidth. So, yeah. And we'll see more of that come through. So one of the challenges with that at the minute, speaking openly, is the cost of the customer premise equipment, CPE as we call it in the industry. CPE that can handle a 10 gig connection is way more expensive than CPE that can handle a 1 gig connection, but that's yeah. coming down. So at some point in the next 6 to 12 months, we expect we'd be able to deploy a customer everything on a 10 gig bearer. And that depends on the market shift and for that, that, that you know, the, the kit, etc. But your customer could take 100 meg service now and without having to have any separate installations, we'd be able to take them all the way up to a 10 gig service if their needs demanded. And I think very few people at the minute need all that bandwidth. Some do. You know, businesses like podcast studios that we're sat in now. They need I was to just transfer. thinking of exactly these boys. They need on demand, don't well, they? Transferring yeah, yeah. loads of files all the time. Big content, four cameras, one on each of us, which is a bit scary. Um, and uh, and they need it. But there's a lot of other businesses that, that don't. You know, software like Teams, etc. It's all dead compressed. So if you're just running a normal office business, you, you probably need it less. But the more that bandwidth's available from operators like us and, and the incumbents, they'll catch up and we've seen them be much more aggressive since there's loads of alternates challenging them. Then clever people, cleverer than me, maybe as clever as you guys, will come up with killer applications that need all this bandwidth. Mm. I, think I sold mobile phones a number of years ago and um, when I started out selling mobile phones, you had the Network 3, the one that's just about to be bought by Vodafone. And they were the first 3G network. Coverage was patchy. The handsets were massive. The battery life was terrible. And you could only video call somebody else who had one of these terrible clunky handsets where you can maybe get three minutes of talk time. So it didn't take off. No one got, no, no, everyone was kind of, what's, what's this thing? And the network operators had spent all these billions on these licenses. And until Apple launched the 3G iPhone, the second iteration of the iPhone, yeah. which could do FaceTime. It's massive, yeah. Then everybody suddenly wanted 3G, yep. and then everybody suddenly wanted 4G because they yeah. had this smartphone, this computer in their pocket, but there was a killer application. You could video call anyone anywhere in the world. You've got family in Australia, you've got family in America that can video call each other with these devices through the internet or through the mobile networks. So suddenly everybody needed this, this bandwidth that was available. And I do like them where we're at now to that. So we're building all these networks, got all this bandwidth, all this capability. No one's really come up yet with that killer application that means we need one gig or 10 gig or 50 gig or 100 gig connectivity because because they, 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 they've just not come up with it yet. Yeah. But if the network's not there, no one will ever come up with it. So we're really building for the future by, by upgrading all networks right around the world for people to come up with this stuff. I don't know whether it's AI or what, but someone's going to use it. Well, that, that was Our a previous topic, podcast, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Dave, just, um, I, I really only know ITS from the developments in mm. Liverpool, but ITS are a glo um, global, a national Maybe player, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're a national player. We've got networks right across the UK. Typically, we're south of the M62. Um, our networks, are, we've got a big, big cluster in the northwest, including the Liverpool network that yeah. you're mentioning there, Wayne. Yeah. We've got networks in the Midlands, so kind of Birmingham, Wensbury, um, all that kind of patch in, in, in the West Midlands. We've got Nottingham, Derby, etc. in the East Midlands. We've got massive, massive footprint in London. And a bit in the southwest, kind of Bristol, Gloucester, uh, Cheltenham. Yeah, and our London coverage is huge. And our network passes now 25% of UK business premises, mm. which is huge. It makes us the third biggest B2B operator behind OpenReach and Virgin Media. And for organisations that are kind of on that network, mm. you know, it sounds to me like what they're getting, high bandwidth, really mm. low latency, so almost like they've got Ethernet plugging into yeah, all yeah, of these absolutely. sites. So, so is, that, is that opening... 
lots of opportunities for them to be doing, you know, we, we talked about podcasting mm. before, we talked to guys here about maybe some of the way they might want to architect in the future as they yeah. have multiple studios. You know, are you seeing the, the, the idea that people are looking at that and thinking, because we've seen a real shift towards organisations not wanting uh, their, inf- their their IT infrastructure in their buildings yeah. anymore. So it starts with a conversation about, oh, let's move to cloud. Mm. But quickly they look at some of the complexity and say, well, could we just move it to a colo facility yeah. somewhere? And then the issue becomes, well, latency becomes yeah. a start of a problem. Yeah. But actually in these kind of instances, if you're looking at doing that, if you've got a data center mm. on that same network, are you, it, would I be right to think you're almost getting Ethernet speed between all of these much, locations? Yeah. So we can do that in Liverpool now. We're in some of the proximity sites. And if business wanted point to point between that and their office in the city center, run that through our network, no problem at all. What we are seeing though, a few years ago, everybody would be buying MPLS solutions. So they're buying a private network effectively between their sites and they might have some internet breakouts on it. So they'd basically link all their sites together in a ring or in a star topology. And then they'd bring some internet in in a couple of locations and share that out across the network. Yeah. What we're seeing with the advent of SD1, right across the private and public sector is the IT teams are saying, nah, just give me good bandwidth internet connections and I'll use SASE, I'll use SD1, I'll use whatever else to manage all the security, all the firewall and all the bandwidth requirements. You might take a private link into Amazon or Google or whatever. They might take a private link into a private call or DC um, as part of that. But for their site-facing connectivity, we're just seeing a lot more internet connections being procured and then the IT teams are configuring other things on top of it or partners like Gardner are configuring things with that so they're just buying internet connectivity yeah we're we're seeing that's what we're seeing now Jason isn't it dual ISP couple of uh, SD1 boxes yeah uh, no single points of failure, mm. you know, and, and you know, it's, it's why we're kind of working with yeah, you guys. Is to- I think I think businesses are looking to be more resilient. Mm. Um, you know, we see a lot of cyber attacks, yeah. a lot of cyber security is, um, you know, a hot topic. And so businesses are keen to identify the risk. So the risk is we've got one internet connection. Okay, mm. how, do, how do we fix that? Yeah. Put more than one in. Um, but also we've only got one location. How do we resolve that? You know, we could essentially stretch the land based based on what you were saying mm. there so that we've got a real-time a DR location yeah. on on a network. Yeah. So that should uh, an incident happen in the primary site, can pretty much instantly fail over mm. to the secondary. It's on yeah. a network. And then because of the bandwidth that ITS are providing back, they're getting quite a good performance anyway. Absolutely, yeah. You yeah. can have that. I think there's two schools of thought in a lot of businesses. And like I say, we trade through our partners to the end users. But I think in that end user marketplace, there's two two schools of thought. The first one is what you've just said there. I need to be secure. I need resilience. I need yeah. this, that, the other. And sometimes that's driven by something's gone wrong. They've had a cyber attack. They've had a they've had a, an outage that's meant yeah. they couldn't trade. And the, that's the, the risk catalyst is then for them. Identified. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. The other cohort you've got is it'll never happen to me. And there's a, still a big chunk of businesses out there who've just got one connection. They probably haven't got the best security in place. They haven't done. And until something happens to them, they just yeah. see it as a cost they don't need mm. to bear within their business. And you know, times aren't as uh, as as affluent as they were. Interest rates are higher. It's harder to finance your business. And I think mm-hmm. if there's a lot of businesses out there going, well, I'll worry about that when I have to worry about it, or just burying the red in the sand because yeah, they true. don't understand it. Needs must. <laughs> well, yeah, well, as we look to kind of wrap up on this episode, I, I suppose one one final question for you is: so somebody's watching this and mm. thinking, well, some of this sounds interesting mm. to me. You know, uh, I'm, I'm still not. Hundred percent sure what an alt yeah. that might do for me. What would be some of the use cases that maybe for businesses looking at that they should be coming to talking to 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 you? Yeah, I mean we've through our partners we've done all kinds of things. We've done connections for multinational businesses, connecting retail units. We've done. Um, 
everything in between from that to a you know a small business just taking a taking a singleton connection. Um, but if they want to find out more, they can have a look on our website, see what we've got going on. If you just Google ITS, we'll come up ITS Technology Group on there. You can reach out to the team through there as well, and you can find out who our partners are, so they can buy or they could speak to someone like Gardener Systems as well and find out kind of what can we do together. I'm not saying that law always be the right angle for them we're kind of impartial with our partners and that's one of the reasons we choose to choose to work through partners but anything from retail through to high bandwidth applications like a podcast studio we've we've we've, we've kind of done it all right across all the different partners we've worked with well david it's been great Wayne, Jason, yeah, thanks, uh, th- yeah, th- yeah. thanks for your time as well. Appreciate it. Um, you know, and, and I, I mean, I've learnt loads. Yeah, so so uh, yeah. I at least now know what an alt is. I've got a rough idea of what one does. Um, so now I'll, I'll probably ask you a whole bunch of other questions now we, once we finish recording. So, um, so Dave, really appreciate your Thank time. You. Thanks very much. And uh, to make sure you catch all episodes of Tech Takeaways and do subscribe. You can subscribe here on YouTube or you can subscribe in wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, until next time, thanks for watching. See you again soon. Thank you.